What is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Quick Time, the podcast. This is episode 15. Thanks for joining us. Uh, Jason, how's your week going? Uh, busy, busy. Getting ready for school, but we we're starting to get ready now for uh, the the month of money. Looks a little bit different. But, yeah, just a little bit. Uh, but uh, definitely some big shows coming up, so I'm getting excited for all that. Yeah, I mean, I, I didn't go make it out to the racetrack. I kind of stayed home and watched uh, Belleville. On float racing and uh, checked out Houston's as well. That I mean, that place is a badass little joint. I hope to make it up there. It's not going to be this year with the current situation we're in, but uh, thanks to Todd, we have another opportunity to make it up there. You know, I'm glad to see that Houston's is open again. It's a it's a legendary track. It's legendary around here. Uh, it's obviously if if any of you saw in stuff on float racing or any of the highlights. You can tell that all the work done. I mean, it's it's now a state of the art facility, and so I'm it's ple- it's it's great to have that there. And the uh, All Stars put on a hell of a show this week. We kind of got a jam packed episode. Uh, we got uh, James Rowland. He's going to check in with his weekly Eagle Raceway Roundup. Uh, we're going to also talk to the latest and I believe no repeat winner out at Eagle Raceway. Adam Gillen. He picked up the feature win. Adam Tremble. He uh, picked up the. Uh, coveted uh belleville 305 nationals championship on sunday afternoon and lastly we're going to talk to chad cook and he's going to talk about his uh his new business venture the uh, precision race products dyno that he has going on over there at his shop he's going to give us a little insight on that and we'll probably talk about his little racing endeavor as well so yeah jam-packed show uh let's just roll into shout outs uh who you got jason i'm going to go with brant o'banion uh Currently live in the Sioux Falls area. Originally from Norfolk, took a his first 360 win with the Nebraska 360 Sprint Series at uh, Off Road Speedway up in Norfolk, Nebraska. And it's good to see. Obviously, we've seen Brant down here a few times racing in uh, 305s, 360s, and that. It's great to see Brant pick up his first 360 win. Yeah, he also he also uh, jumped in a 410 on Sunday night and raced up there at Houston. Did not have the same luck, but uh, yeah, it's good to see him pick up a win, especially at his hometown. Yeah, I mean that's that's awesome. You know, you, you can't you can't write much better stories than that. And Brant's been at it for a while, so it's good to see him in victory lane. Yeah, speaking of another guy that's been at it, my shout out is going to go to uh, Gene Ackland, uh, longtime competitor out there at Eagle Raceway. He raced with the three sixties, currently in the three hundred five division. Uh, picked up a second place um, after starting eighth uh, on Saturday evening. So uh, congratulations to Gene. Uh, if you want, I just dropped off a fresh batch of autograph cards to him. So uh, <laughs> swing by the pits, pick one of those up, and uh, yeah, you might even get some Colby Rich popcorn out of the deal. So. Nice guy. He's he's due for a win, too. Yes, he definitely is. So uh, we're going to try to fly through this episode a little bit since, like I said, we got a ton of guests with us, and we're going to give James Rowland a call and check out the Eagle Raceway Roundup. Now it's time for the Eagle Raceway Roundup with track announcer James Rowland. James, welcome back to the show, man. Uh, you missed a week out there at Eagle Raceway uh, celebrating your birthday on the river, but uh, you made it back in uh, great fashion with the uh, win by Adam Gillian. Yeah, absolutely. Nine in a row. And I don't think the same guy's going to win next week. 
I definitely don't see it. You, no. No. <laughs> I am pulling for a different winner every week for the rest of the year because we've only got three weeks left. Why the hell not make it interesting? Absolutely. I mean, it's, uh, you know, tell us uh, kind of about how the night went. Uh, it was a, it was a good show, you know, by all accounts, and uh, kind of take us through the night and some of your highlights of the evening. You know, it was some pretty wacky weather overall just for the night. There was a couple points where it rained. Uh, we had, like, maybe a 10-minute shower before hot laps, and that pushed us back a couple minutes. And then we had another shower, Fort Mod Sea Feature time. So that really was able to keep some moisture in the place and really make it fast all night long. And, you know, just another week of grid racing out there. It really shows that we are some of the best. Yeah, definitely. I kind of mentioned that Adam won, but uh, the front stretch looked a little, little bit different. I mean, we had some familiar faces on there with uh, Jason Danley and uh, Adam up there. But uh, Gene Ackland, it was a hell of a run by him this week. Yeah, ninth to second. Gene was on a mission. That was actually the first time that I ever had gotten to talk to that guy. And, you know... Uh, one of his crew guys stopped me afterwards and said that we need to get him a new nickname. And they're absolutely right because Mean Gene does not fit that guy. He's probably one of the nicest dudes I've met out of the place. Super excited to have a good run. Yeah, we've been we've been joking with him for the longest time that he needs a new nickname. So I'm going to put it up to you and Dan to come up with one. So uh, you guys got your uh, task for this week. All right. Well, then I'm going to go ahead and challenge the quick time crowd and see what some of the listeners can come up with, too, because I've thought about everything, and, and if we got to stick to rhyming, we're, we're kind of fucked, because it's clean or neat. <laughs> yeah, for sure. I mean, he is a pretty dang, damn good clean racer. He is a so. clean racer. Yeah, so either one, well, the one fits. What are you kind of looking at for uh, for this week coming up at Eagle Raceway? Like I said, you, you kind of want to see the 10th different winner. Uh, who do you think is going to be that guy? Man, I'm not sure. It's just been so different. Each week, your top four, I mean, Jason Danley's probably been the most consistent guy all year long. I think if he was going to be a repeat winner, I think he'd probably be it. But I think Mike Boston had a birthday last weekend. I think he ran it and brought it home in the top ten. I think the boss could be in for one. You know, you can never count him out. Yeah, he's he's definitely had his fair share. Yeah, he's overdue for a victory there. He's had his fair share of victories, a seven-time track champion, so he knows how to roll around that place pretty damn well. Yeah, absolutely. See Gene Ackland pick one up, too. That's where I was going to go. Yeah, I thought, you know, it, it's about time for Gene to start poking up in there. Uh, I I wouldn't I wouldn't be surprised to see Gunnar Pike maybe making a making a move in there, too. He's he's obviously found consistency and 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 certainly from his time in sport mods, uh, you know, knows how to win. So I think there's, you know, there's I, still plenty I really of opportunities. Think that Gunner, I really think that Gunner has probably passed more cars than passed him. Without a doubt, really. I mean, I, I can't imagine more than the one or two nights at Eagle where he had a little bit of motor trouble that he ever ran outside the top ten. Definitely one of the one of the great shoes in the rookies, but we don't have anybody to complain about in the rookie class this year. No, no, the rookie class out there this year is is very stout, and uh, both. I mean, everybody there knows how to roll around that place really good. Another name to me would be uh, Jordan Grabowski, and probably probably the guy that won in uh, more different cars in Eagle than probably yes, anybody sure. else. Yeah, and then even looking back at his mini sprint background, just so many different kinds of cars that guy's got into. He's one of the kind of Tony Stewart types when it comes to dirt track cars. Yeah, definitely knows how to drive yeah. about anything four wheels. I want to switch gears a little bit. Um, it's not really sprint car related, but it is dirt track related. Uh, you kind of had your ear in on uh, a meeting going on at Beatrice Raceway, I guess the fair board or 
the track promoters. I don't really know. This is Beatrice. They don't really run sprint cars weekly, but they had a meeting there to see to see kind of if they were going to continue to race. What was the deal with that? Let our listeners know what's going on with that. Um, I was trapped at work, so the only thing that I really got from it was through the grapevine. Uh, just guess a Beatrice Fair Board meeting discussing what they're going to do for the rest of the year with the COVID and everything. The way that I understand it, Gage County's Fair Board uses profits from the racing to put towards the fair. So that's what makes their fair happen. So the way that I understand it, and whether it's popular or not, I would think that they'd be doing everything possible to really make that place pop on a weekly basis. And as much as I've I've raced there, I've watched cars there since I was shit in my pants. And, I mean, just watching the place kind of go where it's gone over the last 10 years, it it honestly kind of hurts my feelings. I think they need to get rid of the jersey barriers for the walls. Let's figure out something different there that doesn't have quite the skateboard ramp. Find a way to put a catch fence around there. We'll find a way. We'll we'll make a fundraiser and make that place into a place that could run these race savers. I mean, they still could run them race savers weekly. They run plenty of places with no chances. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I've, I've seen the race savers there a couple times. I've only been there maybe three times my entire life. One was for a modified show. I went for the Spring Nationals one time, froze my ass off. Wasn't really my thing, but, you know, it was racing, so I went out there. Then I've been out there two other times. One of my for, favorite races to go to. It was a good time. Don't get me wrong, but yeah, it's modifieds a, it's a are modifieds are. Everybody well knows me that knows that uh, stock cars and mods really aren't my thing. But they did put on a hell of a show. I had a good time out there. I went out there then a, another time for the spring nationals again. Had a good time there. It was more. And I guess they were letting. I believe they were letting like spring cars hot lap. So I went out there for that. Then I was also out there for uh, the sprint saber or sprint series in Nebraska races. So. I've been out there a handful of times. Oh, yeah. I like the place. I mean, it's a cool little place. Like I said, if they put a little bit of money into it, upgraded a little bit, it'd be a hell of a gem. Even just advertising more would help that place out a lot because you don't hear any radio ads. They, they aren't as Facebook vocal as like the Eagles in the 80s of the world. And I'm, again, I, I hate to bash on anybody because I try to keep racing in a positive light as much as humanly possible. But I just, you know, I hate to be the if I ran the racetrack guy. But if I ran the racetrack, I just think there's some things that I would do differently and find a way to make the fair board work with me to make this work. Because there's a lot of county fair racetracks around the country that do a great job. And Beatrice does a pretty good job, but I, I think we could all give back and help them out a little bit. Yeah, it's a it's a great I, – I remember uh, going to Beatrice a lot uh, way back in the days when we were racing sprint cars like Midwest and Eagle. There was usually uh, one or two shows at Beatrice. I, I, I remember when it was still a quarter mile. And uh, it was, you know, there's so many. And there's a lot of Nebraska racing history uh, out there. And so it and it was kind of that track for, for many years. It was that spot between, like, uh, Eagle, Capitol Beach, and Belleville. So they, you know, yep. run those shows in between, in between the three. And so it would, I agree. It would, it's a, it's a piece of racing history in Nebraska that I would certainly hate to see go by the wayside. And, and I always fear too, when they do these tracks, you know, and say, Oh, we're going to close for a year. Well, then it becomes two, then it becomes three. Then it becomes so dilapidated. You can't, you can't bring it back. I mean, good, good points. Mid Nebraska. Yep. Maybe. I was just going to bring up mid Nebraska. So, you know, and so I hope they keep it going. But, you know, you make a great point that if if the county fair is, if this is the 
this is the um, you know the engine that feeds the county fair. I think you'd probably want to start investing in that. And it's a, it's a great place. It's easy to get to. I mean, any more now with you know with Highway seventy seven the way it is, it's it's less than a forty minute trip there. You know, so I just don't. Oh, when we were when I was helping Jared Dieterding, a mod guy, we'd go down there on Friday nights, and from the shop over on Southwest twentieth and West O area. It took us spot on the exact same amount of time to go to Eagle or to go to Beatrice with being able to jump right there on Highway 77. It, it was perfect. Those were some of the best weekends of my life going racing two or three nights a week. Yeah, it's it's a great. Yeah, I think I think it's a great little place. And like you said, though, I, I'd like to see you know a, an actual guardrail, an actual catch fence. Um, obviously, we've seen what we can do with you know putting sprint cars down in Fairbury. <laughs> You know, yep. we've yeah. seen what we can do with bringing a midget show somewhere. It's it's one of those places where you don't, you know, it's a great place because it's it's a decent, it's a wide track, it's in a town, it, it it's easy to get to. There's places for guys to stay, and you could, yeah, you know, I'd love to see somebody maybe in, you know, maybe it's an external promoter that needs to come in and, and rent lease the track and put on Cody Brewer. <laughs> we're kind of talking Page to you Paige and Cody Brewer yeah uh, you know but put on something you know like you said like a URSS SSN challenge or or a modified, big modified awesome. show or, or a late model show I mean it's certainly big enough to run late models on well but it's something I gotta give them credit for the last two years with spring nationals uh, obviously this year's got rain and snowed out but the last two years they have added the IMCA late models onto that ticket. Mm-hmm. So that'll be interesting. I, I guess they only really got the first year, and I think they had eight or ten cars. But I think if they were to stick to their guns on that deal, I think they could probably bump that car count up a little bit in years to come, just like they have with the rest of their spring national well, especially, Yeah, especially how some of the IMCA late models, you know, SL, SLMR, you know, you could you could obviously tie some of that in there too. So, You know, the best thing to come out of COVID is that the Midwest really quickly became – kind of the epicenter of not just racing, but kind of all sports this spring. And now we've got basketball and baseball coming back a little bit, so we can lose a little bit of that, a uh, little bit about that. But Nebraska and Iowa and Kansas, we've got some great racing entities, like you say, with the SSN and the URSS being so close and SLMR and IMCA, all these different late model deals. I think we could really get set up to have some hellacious specials in the future. I think we know. We talked once, I think a couple weeks ago, you know, what would it be like, you know, for our case, we were talking about like a sprint week, midget week, something, you know, where, you know, hit those tracks, especially tracks like, you know, Eagle, Beatrice, and all the other stuff in the, in Iowa. These are all just a couple hours apart. This is easy to get to. It's easy for a little tour to get set up, and I, I wish somebody could crown that together. It's a tough deal, and it's, you know, I'm slowly starting to, I've been working with Jerry Dominguez a little bit. We kind of wanted to do our show like the old Midwest Racers Autograph Day. We had worked on that, and that really kind of got my foot in the door of how hard it is to put on an event or something. And then, well, COVID came up and ruined it for us this year, but we'll, we'll start diving back into that here within the next month or so. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I, I was on, back in the day, I was on that Midwest Autograph Day committee, and it's no joke. It was a lot of lot of long nights of planning uh, meetings and you know talking to sponsors, talking to drivers to get cars out there. So you know, I think it's going to be something interesting to try out. I've always told myself that no matter what I do at the racetrack, I don't want to promote, but I'll definitely help put some races on if there's a way that I can 
be of benefit in any way, whether they need an announcer to stand in or somebody to go out and pound pavement and try to find some sponsors, even if it's just a lap sponsor type deal. I'll, I'll do anything that I can to help something good get started. I remember when we were at Eagle, you know, we relied a lot on the Nebraska Cup Committee. And we had a lot of, you know, these are just fans or business owners or just people that just love the sport. And they did a lot of hustling, you know, getting guys set up for motels, getting guys convinced to come in, just reaching out to their to their buddies, you know, hey, I, I know this guy, I know this racer, what can we do to get him out there? So, you know, it's always it's a community effort for sure, and, and any little bit can help out. Yeah, absolutely. Everybody's a contributor. You know, we're all just, it's all kind of like putting a race car together. It's all just one big community, and without everybody working, you know, we've all seen how quickly they can come apart. Yeah, for sure. We've got to do what we can to try and keep them together. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, I guess this was a little bit more than an Eagle uh, Raceway Roundup. We kind of dove into a little bit more of a Midwest uh, Beatrice Raceway, uh, Eagle Raceway kind of deal. So uh, I think I am going to make my return to Eagle Raceway this week. Uh, it's been about a month since I've been out there. So uh, hopefully we will see you out there. And uh, thanks again for jumping on with us. Yeah, absolutely. You know, like you say, I'm getting kind of off topic, but that was a hell of a lot of fun. And I'm pretty sure that's about the cleanest one that we've did. So good job, guys. <laughs> yeah, for sure. For sure. So. I mean, we got Adam Gillian coming on later on, so he might he might drop the f bomb a couple times. So, oh, if I know him, I know he'll drop it once or twice. Ask him how drunk he got Dan, and I'll find out when you you guys post. All right, man. We'll talk to you later. Have a good one. Thanks, James. All right, later. You know, catch up with him at the racetrack, and you know, it's it's nice having him on as an extra set of eyes. Since you, you, like I said, I haven't been out there for a month. You haven't been out there for a while, so. Yeah. It's it's good, and and you know, and sometimes you know, yeah, we we detour a little bit there and talk about some other places where sprints don't normally go, but you know, it's racing in Nebraska and, and all those things do affect everybody in some way or another. So it, it's good to have that out there. And I hope, you know, I hope the best for Beatrice Speedway. Cause I, I think it's a great place for racing in Nebraska. Yeah. Speaking of Beatrice, we're going to be joined on by uh, Beatrice legend, uh, Adam Gillian here in just a little bit. So we'll take a break. We'll give get Adam on the horn and uh, we'll talk about his win at Eagle Raceway. This Saturday night at America's Home Track, Eagle Raceway, Duros Network, ATV Motorsports, and Lincoln Stars present Party in the USA. It's another action-packed Saturday night featuring sport compacts, hobby stocks, A-mods, and B-mods, and to top it off, the IMCA Race Saver Sprint Cars. Gates open at 5, racing starts at 6.30. Eagle Raceway, one badass racetrack. Pisser, piece of shit. All that stupid ass flagman. They got a dumbass flagman that can't see. All right, we are joined by the latest Eagle Raceway feature winner. Uh, we haven't had a repeat one yet, but Adam Gillian, you parked it up in Victory Lane. Uh, you couldn't be outdone by your your son uh, picking up the second place finish on the bike race, could you? No, uh, it was actually it was really cool. Um, it's crazy how once you you kind of grow up and your priorities change and you have kids, how how much you care about other things more than you know. When I was younger, you know, I I would eat, breathe, sleep racing. You know, I there for a long time. I'd actually race before I would eat, and then uh, all I wanted to do was win races and. To be honest, I mean, I still want to win races, and that that stuff's important and stuff. But you know, it's not 
not near as important as it used to be. And it was really, really cool seeing him, you know, he's four now and he's, you know, he's starting to kind of develop some habits and he's super, super competitive. And a couple of weeks ago, one of my crew members, he races uh, cage carts out of the Eagle um, on Friday nights with the sun. And, uh, after the races were over, we got him in one and, uh, there was somebody else practicing out there also, but they were going pretty slow. I was like, Oh hell, what's the worst that can happen there? You know, they're going slow. It, he, I didn't think he was going to set the world on fire by any stretch of the imagination. So I sent him out and he went into the corner and went, come out of the corner, went down the back stretch and, uh, never lifted, went around the corner, <laughs> jumped the pylons and almost hit two telephone poles. And I ran over, I got him stopped and I'm like, Oh hell, what happened? Okay. He's going to be crying. This is it. I'm like, are you okay? He's like, yep. I'm like, Barrett, you gotta, you gotta slow down. He's like, but how am I going to beat that other guy then? First words out of his mouth. <laughs> Gee, so, I wonder where he gets that from. Uh, yeah, that I would, I will take, I will take credit for that stuff. Uh, normally, I always say they get everything from their mom, but uh, the competitiveness, I'll definitely take from. I'll, I'll definitely take that. Yeah, for sure. You uh, parked in victory lane. Just kind of talk about how your night went overall. Um, you know, it, you know, like I said, you've been racing for a while. You you go through things, and you kind of, you know, I noticed last year when you know when you when it's your night it's just you start noticing how things just everything just kind of starts going your way um i think it was last year um jackson Sadoff got his first win and it was it was you could tell it was just his night because he took the lead and then i think shane hyatt got by him and as soon as shane got by him the old flag so he put him back in the, and it got him back out of lap traffic and back in clean air got a spot back Somebody else got to him, passed him, yellow flag. It just, everything, you know, kind of was just falling his way. And that's kind of the way it went for me Saturday. Um, I got a decent start in my heat race. Um, was kind of behind the eight ball, the way the track was. I was in an early heat um, with the way that IMCA does their their format for, for lining everything up. It, it caters to the people that have the, a lower point average. So we always have to start in the back of everything, which, you know, it did. I've gotten kind of used to it. It's just the, you know, the way it is. And, um, so we, we didn't get a great start in the heat it was kind of behind Nate Weiler and he was rolling really well. And he ended up having to pull off the track, which got us into another position, um, got us into the invert, which is the most important thing for a, for a high point guy or a high point average guy in, in the, you know, in the night is to get through that heat race and get your invert. So we got that. So that worked out our way. And then on the start of the feature, dropped the green flag and, uh, Mike Boston come off of, off the bottom of four. We started right next to each other. Um, he come off the bottom of four and just body slammed me. And, uh, it, it balled up the Jacob's ladder and straps against the rear end and bent it all to hell. And, um, so we went kind of rolling around there for a little bit and for about three laps and tried to get underneath Jason Danley and, uh, got into the berm, kicked a bunch of mud and crap up. And then the radiator started leaking. That was about three laps in. And so we had a yellow. We're sitting 10th and I, at first I was pissed that Mike hit me. I'm like, you know, that's whatever, you know, adrenaline. So, but then as soon as the water started hitting my, my shield, uh, noticing it under yellow, I completely forgot about that. I'm like, okay, so it's spitting water. So I, that, so then the, then it be, began to, you know, stare at the temp gauge. So I was staring at the temp gauge, staring at the temp gauge. And I was like, okay, I just need to get as far as I can, as fast as I can to see how long this thing's going to hold up. Well, I got lucky. I got a, I passed three or four cars. I get a yellow and it was a long yellow. Then I passed two or three or four more cars. I get another yellow. So everything just kind of started going our way. 
Well, I actually drove around Jordan and uh, for the lead, yellow flag. Shit. <laughs> so you, I mean, he's Jordan Grabowski. You know? Yeah. yeah. This, yeah. Is, you know, this ain't a rookie, you know, no. be, you know, so I'm like, well, Second's okay. You know, if I'm going to run second, at least my teammate's going to win. Right. And he, and he deserves one too. He needs one just as, you know, the, my whole team needed to win. You know, I needed it. He's He needs a good run and he's starting to click off some good runs and, and gain some confidence. And, you know, we've had just, nothing's gone really our way. It's always kind of the breaks have gone for everybody else this year. So it's like, you know, whatever. So I, I get a restart. He got a better start than me. Okay. Just need to, you know, hit my marks. Maybe I can get him in traffic. He went to the bottom. I'm like, what in the hell? So I ran the top. I'm like, sweet. <laughs> so I got a good run down the back stretch, and I was like, all right, I'm going to have to slide it. Well, he left the lane open. So I went motoring around the top. I'm like, well, that ain't going to work, Jordan. So I went around the back or went around the top. And then when we come out of four, I put my left hand out the side, waving at him to follow me. And he tried to follow me on the top. He just wasn't quite as good as I was um, on the top. He just, he doesn't have the experience of running a car an open fender you know and a no fender open tire car that fast um up that late you know that late in the night the cushions on the fence and when you're you're going 100 mile an hour in a sprint car and and you're not used to that you know for the last 12 years like i have it's it's kind of you know it's something he's got to get used to and, and gain some more confidence at and we've really hit on some things the last couple of weeks and got our, both of our cars really, really good. And he's noticeably better now. So I think every, every night he's going to get better and better and, and faster and faster. And Thursday night we go to Columbus. That's a place he's really, really, really good at. So uh, we got some high hopes for him on Thursday, but you know, that deals a lot about the draw and the start and when the rubber comes and find being at the right place, at the right time. So that's a lot of luck too, but um, definitely have some more confidence for sure. Well, when you describe all that, I mean, when you talk about it being your night, I mean, it, it you know, sometimes obviously uh, Lady Luck shined on you, shined on you yeah. Saturday night. It was, you know, the brakes went out too. Um, so the brakes <laughs> weren't working very well. The front, uh, the, uh, the, for some reason, my guys let me work on the car this week and I changed the front wings around and stuff. And, and uh, it's just kind of a running joke. You never let the driver, you know, work. I work on the car all the time in the shop anyway. But, you know, so the front wing's starting to fall off of it because three of the four bolts fell out of it. So the front wing's crooked and falling off the damn thing. Uh, the brakes went. The radiator's leaking. The Jacob's ladder and straps are balled up. The right rear's bound and rubbing against the axle. And yeah, it was it was just our night. Um, it don't happen like that very often. So it's nice to, you know, take advantage of it um, when it happens. You know, I, it would gain... It, it would get up to, you know, 220, 230, 240 degrees, and we'd get a yellow and cool back down to 200, 210. And we'd go start rolling again, 230, 240, and cool her back down. The last eight laps, it got about 250, 260. But um, as soon as I got the checkered flag, I obviously got out of it, and it cooled right back down again. And, um, you know, it was kind of a show when I shut it off because obviously with the hole in it, the steam was flying everywhere. And, you know, it definitely was, it looked a little more colorful than it, you know, probably actually was, but, uh, it always added to the drama. You know? We always joked, um, with our driver that, you know, when we ran the Stuart Warner gauge, it said SW on there. It said stood for uh, still water. So keep going. Yeah. So. <laughs> well, and that's what I was worried about. I was like, okay, so I'm ripping tear offs driving around and the water's hitting me. I'm like, okay, you know, I'm not the smartest guy, but I know when it stops, that means there's no more water yeah. in it. <laughs> so when I get, when it, when it quit, I was like, uh-oh. And we still had probably 12, 12, 13 laps left when it quit. 
Oh shit. Hopefully I can just get to the last couple laps, nurse at home or, you know, it, it was, it was hard to stare at the gauge, focus on what I needed to do, run the fence, try and run the crap out of it to try and win the race, but not kill the motor. You know, it, it was, it was, it was a little trying, but I'm glad it all worked out the way it did. Now you mentioned uh Grabowski there earlier. Um, how has teaming up with him this year uh, been a benefit to your team? I mean, does it take away from your team at all, you know, working on two cars, or does he have his own separate crew, own, own separate, you know, shop or anything like that? So kind of talk about that dynamic with him. So he called me last year, um, the way this all kind of went together, and he's like, hey, we're going to run Eagle next year. And I'm like, well, I uh, just sold both my cars and, and bought a new car and hadn't planned on, because I've always had a backup car sitting in the shop. And to be honest with you know, the last few running the local stuff, like we do um, it, just the three Oh five stuff. Like unless something catastrophic happens, you're not going to kill a car. And if I do um, chances are I'm going home anyway. So I know it's not like I'm going to get the backup car down. So it just, was kind of a waste. Um, so I just decided just to sell the frame and body, um, and then, um, put the stuff in the shop to have spares for the spares. I had two sets, everything in the trailer. So I decided to have another set, you know, back at the shop and just, you know, was just going to run my car and didn't really see the need for it. So, um, we put some stuff together and built him another car this winter that is identical to mine. And, uh, they came off the same jig, same pickup points, same options. So, it's literally identical. The The downside is he's about a hundred pounds heavier than me. Um, he doesn't look that big at all. He carries the weight really well for a person his size. Um, you know, he's, he's in the, the 270, 280 range. Um, I'm in the 190 range. So for to have a driver that's a hundred pounds more has really been difficult, a little bit difficult, more difficult than it would have been normally. You know, if I'd had a driver that was, you know, my, my weight or lighter, that's one thing, but when you go hundred pounds heavier, he's never driven a sprint car. He's used to be, he's used to being balled up on the right front sprint cars are down, down and on the left rear. So it, it's, it's been a little difficult for him, I think, to try and, you know, swap back and forth. But, um, the shop, the car stays at my shop. I take care of it, maintain it, um, wash everything, um, transport, uh, everything. And, um, you know, he takes care of a few things on the car and, uh, his guys work on his car and I'm, I'm blessed enough to have enough people on my team that we can take care of two cars. And we've actually gotten really good at it. Um, I washed both the cars on Sunday, it takes me about two hours. And then, uh, we get in the shop on Monday and hell our cars are, unless, like I said, unless there's something, you know, we got to do, um, our cars are ready to go and maintenance in three, three and a half hours. And we're done for the shop and done in the shop for one night. And, and then we all go about our life for the, the week and then, we reconvene and load and, and go, but it's been a lot of fun. Um, I think the, the biggest benefit for me is it's sort of a distraction, a good distraction. So we, we joke around a lot. We're not serious, which I have an issue being serious most of the time anyway, but uh, we joke a lot. We talk a lot of smack back and forth. So I think that actually has kind of helped me, I guess, focus better because I'm not overthinking everything. You know, I'm just, I'm taking everything as, as it happens instead of overanalyzing and overguessing. So I think it's actually helped me. Um, and it's, it's, I've got to help coach him a little bit. He's changed some things here and there. And 
I've seen him change some things on his mod driving style that, that I, I think he's picked up from the sprint car. So it's been a shitload of fun. I really, really hope he wants to do it again. I think that's kind of the plan, you know, barring any catastrophes, but you know, between now and the end of the year, I think, uh, I think we're going to do it again next year. Yeah. He's been a, you know, it's kind of, it was neat to see Jordan out there this year. You know, it's like, you've got a guy who's, you know, a national champion and then coming in and trying it in the sprint cars. And it's always good to see that, uh, Always good to see new blood in that class. Yeah, and, you know, I take a lot of, you know, I take things personally. So, you know, there in the beginning, we weren't really, he was running well. But, you know, I, I feel like people are like, we know, he's Jordan Grabowski, right? He's, he's got in stock cars in one. He's got in late models in one. He's got in modifieds in one. And it doesn't matter if it's in his stuff, somebody else's stuff. The dude just gets in everything and kills everybody. So he gets in my sprint car, and he's he's put some really good runs together. But I think... You know, it, it's. I I guess I see people as like, well, he's not winning. Billion shit must not be very good, or they don't know what the hell they're doing setting up the car. I mean, it can't be Jordan, right? Jordan wins in everything. So I, I'm glad he's starting to really run well. I think, you know, I think it's it's definitely been eye opening for him. I don't think it was. Um, I think it's a little harder than he thought it was going to be. Um, and I definitely think it's it. I think it's making him better, and I know he's making us better. So, uh, like I said, we've enjoyed it, and, and hopefully, get to do it some more. Kind of, kind of switch the roles a little bit. If you were to, to jump into one of his modifieds, how would, how do you think he would do? I would wreck the shit out of him. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I drove it at Columbus, and yeah. uh, <laughs> I it was on practice. So I went out in his, I went out in the sprint car, um, and turned the first laps just to make sure, you know, it was going to turn right. Um, everything was going to be normal and nothing was going to be goofy because if it wasn't, I mean, he ain't going to know he's never driven a sprint car before. So I put some laps together and made sure everything was okay. And then we sent him out and I was like, okay, you know, it's going to be faster. Don't let off going in the corner, let off in the straightaway and then pick the gas up to at least keep the car settled down. Cause as soon as you lift it dumps on the right front and in a sprint car, that's bad. He did that for like a lap and then he was wide open. And I looked at his crew chief and I'm like, maybe this is just easier than I thought it was. <laughs> so I get in his car and I go down the back stretch, I hit the gas and the thing goes from like the basement to the fifth floor on the left rear, just lifts up completely <laughs> dumps on the right front. I got out of the gas right away. I'm like, this fuck thing's broke. There's something <laughs> wrong. This is not right. Um, I started figuring it out, keeping it on the, on the bar. And, and I actually started putting together some pretty good laps. Um, I definitely, uh, I think, I could make the feature to modify it. I think I could maybe, depending on the track, depending on the condition. Now, you know, every track has different competition levels and whatnot, but I think I'd be about a mid-pack guy. I'm definitely in no danger of winning a race. Um, <laughs> I'm certainly in no danger of running as, as well as he's he's running in, in our stuff. Um, but I, I've always said that the modified guys are better drivers as a whole. They're more rounded. They're, they're, they're smarter. They're, they're more... They're more talented. I always um, see them have, have more finesse. Yeah, and they have so much more they have to do. I yeah. Mean, with the brake and the, yep. cl the clutch is the stupid thing. Like, you push the clutch in to move. Like, right. everything is supposed to <laughs> your whole life. You let the clutch out to move. It, no, this is in. So you let it out and it stops moving. So that's different. I mean, it's just, there's like 300 different things you can do on the rear suspension of a modified. And and all of it, of course, just like a sprint car, every positive has a negative. And, you know, you got to pick your poison and, and they're scaling this, and it's just there's no tire on that thing. And then they got open motors and crate motors, and 
Um, it, I definitely, res- I've, res- I've always respected Jordan, you know, as a driver, you, you could recognize talent and to see someone of his ability and his talent level around is special. And I've always respected him. And now after I've drove a modified, I respect him even more than I did before. So, uh, I definitely think modified guys are talented and, um, I don't know why they do that to themselves. They, it'd be easier if they just got sprint cars and just <laughs> didn't lift. I was, <laughs> my opinion. I always made a joke, um, you know, explain some sprint cars like where I work in that. It's like, well, I think of it as a go-kart with suspension <laughs> and just go from there, you know. I always tell everybody it's a dune buggy with a wing. Yeah, exactly. And you That's know, about and, the best analogy, I think. And you look at, you know, setting up the, you know, the modifieds and this, you know, it took me forever to figure out the fifth coil and J-bars. I'm like, what the you know, just put some, you know, James Stagger go or whatever. It is, it is an impressive thing, and it's always good to see. Uh, but I, I love seeing guys from different disciplines making it happen in in different cars. So, yeah, and I grew up around modifieds when I was a kid. And when I when I started racing micros when I was ten, um, we would race three days a week. Fridays and Sundays we'd race the micro with me, and then Saturdays um, we'd be at Beatrice Speedway with uh, my dad owned a modified that. Brian McAllister drove, so I grew up at Beatrice Speedway. And when I was growing up back in that day, like if you wanted to be a badass or be a relevant modified guy, you had to run well and and come through Beatrice Speedway. You know, mm-hmm. you got Johnny Shadoff, obviously he's still racing now. His son's getting, his son's starting to get really good. Um, I think he's won a race already this year at Eagle. Um, you know, you had Mike Heideman, Dave Tronic, I mean, Stacy Wilhelm. I mean, you had all these guys that ran really really well all the time greg metz um i mean the list goes on and on and on and i grew up around that stuff and uh so that's all i knew and then when i got when i got really good in the micro well i was ready you know i was kind of got bored with it and it was like all right i want to go do something different well you know um you know my mom and dad have never been um well off by any stretch of the imagination i I, we never wanted anything when we were you know we didn't want for nothing when we were growing up but we didn't have an abundance either so to go and buy a sprint car a 360 sprint car just wasn't feasible so it was okay i need to get out of the micro and you know either go to a late model or go to a modified um i of course wanted to go late model racing because they were faster and um you know, that excited me and it just didn't work out that way. And it just ended up working out that we traded all our micro stuff for sprint car stuff. And then we were able to get a a really good deal on a, on a motor. And then we just kind of struggled our way through and kind of kept our heads down and kept working and working and working. And, and now, you know, we're, we're fortunate enough to be, um, you know, competitive every night and no matter where we go. And, um, you know, sometimes more fortunate than most. So definitely grateful and blessed that it's happened the way it's happened. And, um, really happy and, and really grateful that we're you know so competitive. Yeah, for sure. Uh, you, you mentioned you know jumping in that 360, and you ran that for many many years. Um, I want to I'm going to kind of kind of be an asshole here, but back in 2016 uh, when the 305s were kind of introduced, you were not a proponent of them by any means. But now that you jumped in a 305, you're successful in it. Kind of how's that transition uh, been for you? I mean, do you still like the 360 stuff better, or do you think? Uh, um. Well, and, and I wouldn't say you're being an asshole by any means. I mean, I, I kind of did that to myself, right? I mean, I, I was, I've always, always said what's on my mind. I've always been a guy that you never really had to ask what I was thinking. Cause I would just tell you, and if you did ask me, you probably should be ready for the answer and don't have your feelings hurt when I tell you, um, I've always kind of been that way. Um, 
uh, obviously ruffle feathers. Uh, there's a long list of people that, that don't like me for many reasons and a short list of people that do. Um, but so I brought that on myself anyway. So I, I got on and I basically told Roger Hayden and Prince Grimes and Smiley and whoever else was on that podcast. And it didn't help that Eck, Jay Eckley was with me either. And he's a lot like me. He says exactly what's on his mind. Um, so we did that podcast and I basically told Roger Hayden that a 305 sprint car was a piece of shit and they were ruining racing. And, um, I mean, I just, and honestly was completely talking out of my ass. I was not relevant in any, in any way in a 360. Um, I was competitive, but on a very, very few nights that I would be competitive. Um, you know, I hadn't, I'd won a couple races, no championships. I mean, I ran good in points, but I was, I was not a relevant driver and had definitely no reason to speak up and say the things that I was saying. Um, but I started a roofing company at that time. I just gotten married, started my roofing company. And I didn't know if I was going to sell a hundred roofs or one roof. I had no idea. So we had built a 360 that winter, um, stuck every dollar that we could spare into it and built the nicest piece we could. And it just didn't, it didn't run well for whatever reason, um, blew up a lot and I was done. Um, Butch Bade and another guy got together and rented a 305 from Roger Hayden for me that he put together in a couple days. And we ran the very first 305 Nationals before it was ever the 305 Nationals. And we ran really well, had a ton of fun, and went back and raced 360 the next night at Eagle, or the next weekend, and ran well, and then got to decide, okay, uh, what makes the most sense for myself and my family um, moving forward? And financially, the 305 made more sense. And for me, it put the fun back into racing. Um 305s and 360s are both difficult to drive. Um, they had both have their difficulties. They both have their things that make things, you know, easier. Um, I would say the 305, financially, it's a little easier on tires and fuel. Uh, motor bills are, when you freshen in the wintertime, they're, they're a lot better. 360, obviously, is a hell of a lot more fun to drive because how it's how fast you can go fast. Um, they're a little easier to drive. In the sense, if you get yourself in trouble, you have the motor and the power and the response to get you back out of it, but they also go way faster. So that makes it harder. Um, you're dealing with way more wing speed. The setups are different. Things happen quicker. Obviously, the competition level is a lot higher just because they're used to going that fast. And I've been going, you know, 20 mile an hour or 10 mile an hour or, you know, whatever the amount mile an hour is. So it, it, I'm not used to, you know, it's, it's an adjustment. It takes me a couple of races to get adjusted. Um, you know, I ran last year, I ran an I-80 with a 360, didn't run very well. The next week we went to, uh, Eagle and led a few laps. And I think we finished like sixth, seventh, eighth, somewhere in there and got, was getting better. And then we went to Wheatland and ran with the national tour. And, um, you know, it was, it rained all week. It was heavy. The track wasn't racy, but I showed up with some damn good quality guys and never went backwards in any race I was in. Um, we didn't, we weren't able to make the a feature and anything. Um, you know, but if we started sixth, finished six, well, they took four started eighth, finished eighth, they took six, you know, it just was kind of those things. But, um, the four ten that I got to drive a couple years ago, which is probably the absolute coolest thing I've ever done. And is by far the most badass. I wish I could do every single day of the week. Um, they are an absolute animal. Um, those things just flat out rip 
and uh, those by far, I, I would say, are the most difficult to drive out of at all three for sure. Well, absolutely, and, and you know, you you mentioned that about uh, we've we've asked several other drivers, you know, kind of what's the difference between the two, and a lot of them will say that that ability to kind of get out of trouble with the 360. But, you know, like you said, uh, going faster and you got a little more likelihood of getting into trouble. So it's, it's yeah, when you wreck, it hurts more. Yeah. <laughs> it's uh, but it's, it's good to hear that. Now you're in the 305. You're, um, you're leading the points right now. What are your plans this season? And from what I understand, when that track track championship is a big deal for you, am I right? Yeah, um, anybody that says that it's not important is lying. Um, I've tried to win a championship and been in the position to win championships at Eagle um, four or five times before. Had the chance to win one in the 360. Um, had three or four opportunities to win one in a 305, and it's for whatever reason, it's just you know I've, we've had it, an issue issues at the late end of the year and. And, you know, when you're racing against Tyler Drukey, you're racing against Trevor Grossenbacher, Mike Boston, and, um, you know, the Danleys, you know, they're damn good. Um, you know, Chad Cook's a good wheel man. Um, you know, there's so many people out there that are competitive. You can't give a point to anybody. Um, you know, I, I got yelled at for sliding somebody for 12th or 14th last year. Um, you know, I, he's like, well, you slid me for 12th. I slid you for a point. Uh, you know, the, Every point at Eagle is crucial. So, you know, I, I got a 20-some point lead now. There's four weeks to go. Anything can happen. I could end up in 10th. It doesn't, you know, it, there's, it's still, and I think two or three of us are within 30 points of each other, so it's still anybody's race. Um, I would love to win it. Um, hopefully this is the year. But, um, you know, I would say at this point, this is probably my last year giving it a 110% full year commitment, no matter what happens, I'm going after a points title. This, this is going to be it. Rather I win it or not. Um, I've got a four year old little boy and a two year old little girl that, um, you know, I don't want them to grow up at the racetrack, um, every week. Um, not that there's anything wrong with that. I know lots of people that have, and they're, they're great people. Um, I just think there's a little more to life. I want to offer some more things to my, to my kids, you know, there's, you know, the Grand Canyon, there's, there's all kinds of stuff in this world that they, you know, I want them to have the opportunity to see, you know, other than just the next dirt track on a Friday or Saturday night. So, um, hopefully it's in the cards for me to win. Um, but if it's not, you know, um, it used to, I used to think that it would, it meant, you know, that I was a relevant driver, but I, you know, I think over the years I've kind of proved that I'm a competitive guy and I'm, I'm competitive everywhere we go and we, we have the opportunity to win and have had have been able to win, you know, numerous times over the years. So, um, I think I've kind of proved that I'm a relevant, I'm a relevant guy and a relevant driver. So, um, you know, if I'm a champion, great, but if I'm not, uh, just is what it is. With that being said, I'm going to, I think we're going to wrap up the interview here a little bit. And, uh, you know, we hope, hope the best, hope you get that track championship. Uh, hope you knock off a couple more wins this year and, uh, we'll see you at the racetrack. Yeah, hopefully Jordan can get a win. That's uh, that's another goal for us this year, and you know, I appreciate you having me and definitely appreciate the opportunity, and thanks for having me, and we'll talk to you guys soon. All right, thanks a lot, Thank Adam. You, Adam. Thank you. All right, that was Adam Gillian uh, talking to, you know, giving us the whole rundown on his career. So, I mean, it's, it's uh, the track championship's a big deal to him. Hopefully he gets it. 
Uh, the points race is tight, so it's going to be exciting to see how this plays out. It's a hyper-competitive field, probably the most competitive field out there in, in a lot of years. And it, I think if you were to win, even with a shortened season or anything like that, it still counts. And put your name you know, on the path, Dion, of, of so many Eagle Raceway champions over you know nearly 60 years is saying something. And, you know, and I, I liked his, you know, it kind of resonated with uh, growing up at the track. And I, as, as a kid who did grow up at the racetrack, and, you know, as an Eagle every Saturday in the summer, working on cars in the wear and things like that, it can take a toll on the family life. And it, it did mine. And so I, I I have no problem, and I can recognize somebody who's, you know, give props to somebody who's willing just to step back for the family and uh, and recognize it. It's fun. It's a passion, but it, it is still a hobby. Yeah, for sure. And just like our uh, buddy Brad Brown says, there's always going to be another race, so. That's right. Uh, that family comes first. So, uh, you know, props to Adam for, you know, realizing that and, you know, wanting to, to see his kids grow up and, you know, experience different things. So, like I said, good luck to him. I uh, hope that points championship works out. We're going to take a break here real quick, and then we're going to jump on the horn with uh, the 305 uh, Belleville Nationals champion, Adam Trimble. It's time for Thunder Relived. We dig deep into the USAC vault to relive the heroes of Thunder from yesteryear. Relive all the thrills, spills, and greatest moments from USAC's sprint, midget, and silver crown history with a roundtable in-depth discussion from USAC's key figures past and present. Watch Thunder Relived every Thursday and Saturday night at 8 p.m. Eastern on Flow Racing. Well, welcome back, everybody. We have Adam Trimble, the Belleville 305 Sprint Champion, on the phone with us now. Adam, you know, congratulations on the win. Kind of talk about your weekend a little bit. Yeah, thanks, man. Uh, it was a pretty cool weekend. Uh, obviously, pretty special, you know. Um, basically, about a, about two months ago, uh, car owner Ryan Order, uh, he was uh, in a pretty, pretty nasty wreck there in uh, Callahan, Colorado, and. Uh, at that point, he already had the, the car entered, the sprint car entered into the 305 Nationals. And once, uh, <clears throat> once they kind of figured out, you know, that he'd be all right, uh, he decided that they still wanted to go. So, uh, I was lucky enough that he gave me the call. And, uh, sure enough, you know, I mean, who's going to turn down driving a sprint car, especially at Belleville? So <laughs> I said, uh, well, heck yeah, you know, I'll go. And, uh, Showed up Thursday, you know, uh, ready to practice. I've been out of a car, out of a sprint car for quite a while. And, um, you know, a little nervous, of course, you know, I mean, it's a big race and a lot of, a lot, a lot of fast people there and, uh, showed up for Thursday. And of course it gets rained out. So, uh, waited around until Friday and, um, kind of put a setup on the car that we were hoping would work anyway. And then, you know, we did decent at best really, um, had a few little, issues there uh mainly mainly driver issues honestly uh but <clears throat> just trying to knock the rust off i guess um and uh did did okay um and was lucky enough uh for us anyway lucky enough to to accidentally make it into the into the feature there uh friday night um the only problem was <clears throat> with the last couple laps in the b feature uh had had brake problems uh, the <laughs> rear caliper actually fell off the car <clears throat> so uh that was kind of a bummer yeah, um that's, a de- <laughs> that's definitely something you don't want to have happen at a, at a fast place at Belleville. <laughs> at Belleville. 
yeah, I, uh, I, I've never heard that sound before, and uh, I was I was curious what it was, and then we finally, uh, you know, when he, Ryan got behind me pushing it, and he says, oh, man, the caliper's off the car, you know, what the heck? And uh, <laughs> it made sense, you know, I didn't have any brakes, so, <laughs> but, uh, but uh, got back to the pit area, and uh, then all of a sudden they say, hey, you guys, you know, you lucked out and made it to the A, which was our goal for the whole weekend. That's all we really wanted to do is make it into, to the future both nights. That was our main goal. So, uh, through, uh, some parts of the car didn't really change the setup at all. Um, and obviously, you know, starting, starting 24th, I didn't want to do anything crazy and, uh, risk wrecking the car on Friday night. So I kind of, you know, just held my own around the bottom there. Uh, just trying to get some more laps, build confidence, things like that. Uh, fill the car out, you know, and then, um, Obviously, it rained out uh, Sunday. I'm sorry, Saturday, and uh, was pretty bummed about that too. You know, I drew a decent pit. The first night, I drew a 92, uh, so that was start. You know, started me way back to the back. And the second night, drew I think a 30 something. So I was uh, happy with that pill, but uh, didn't get to race. And you know, I'm thinking, oh man, this kind of stinks. Had a good starting spot, had a decent chance. You know, so we'll see what Sunday brings, I guess. And um, Pat Bork, he's one of our buddies here in Colorado. He he owns a 27D car. He's, I mean, the guy's a legend, you know. Him mm-hmm. and uh, Mark Mateka both, uh, they're running the 27D car with uh, Jake Martin. And uh, Pat came over and he was chatting with us and whatnot. And I asked him, I'm like, man, you know, do you have any advice? I mean, I'm stumped. I, I, I set the car up the way that, you know, I thought, I thought it should be. I made some adjustments, made it worse, and then made it a little bit better. But, but still, you know, I... I don't know what the heck's going on here. Um, luckily, you know, Pat, he, he's got tons of knowledge with uh, wing sprint cars. And he, he said, well, if I were you, I'd do this and this and this and this and this. So that's exactly what we did. I mean, we pretty much changed the whole thing. Um, and, uh, and I'm glad we did <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> because it, it, it drove completely different. Uh, the car was so much more com- comfortable. Um, especially in the, in the hot lap session there, uh, you know, they changed the whole schedule, uh, with, uh, the hot laps were going to be also a time trial session and things like that. And so that was really the only real shot that we had at even trying to make the A was to get a good set of laps there and hot laps. And, and like I said, Pat, Pat, he's an awesome guy and I, I can't thank him enough for, for helping us out. And, uh, the car got around there good in hot laps and, uh, sure enough, you know, uh, did decent enough in the heat race that we got to go to the redraw. And, uh, that right there is what won the race. Um, I was, I was second to last to draw, uh, the cards and, and I'm thinking to myself, man, I really don't want to start on the pole. I hope somebody else gets the ace <laughs> because I, I have never done good starting first ever. And, uh, there's two cards left and sure enough, I pull it and I'll be dang if it's not the ace. And I thought, Oh no, <laughs> this isn't good. You know, starting, starting on the pole at the nationals, I, I, I would have felt a heck of a lot more comfortable starting second or third or fourth or something, you know, but, uh, but that's really what won the race right there is, uh, uh, pulling that ace. I mean, Belleville is such a big track, you know, it's hard to make up ground on people. Um, uh, unless you're Stu Snyder, man, that guy came out of nowhere. He, uh, I, I don't remember what lap it was. I guess first lap, second lap, something like that. But I mean, he was, uh, I think he started sixth. sixth I want to say. Yeah. yeah. Sixth. And, and I'll be dang, he comes right around the outside of me. I thought, you've got to be kidding me. How did that happen already, you know? But, uh, you know, I just uh, 
tried to be as comfortable and, and as smooth as I possibly could be in the car and uh, just said, you know what, the, the bottom's working for me. I'm going to stay there. And sure enough, it started, you know, started making better laps and better laps. And, and before you know it, I caught back up to, to the five car. And uh, that's, I think that's the only car I passed all weekend. So that was great, you know. <laughs> um, so, uh, yeah, just stayed on the bottom and just tried being as smooth as possible and, and uh, started taking rubber down there pretty bad. Yeah. Um, and I thought, man, if I could just stay here, uh, you know, I'll have a decent shot. And I mean, I hate to, I hate to win races like that, you know, trying to block people basically. Cause I think they had a, a faster car than we did, but, um, you know, I mean, that's if someone's going to get lucky. Yeah, so it's <laughs> exactly. That is racing. And if someone's going to get lucky, I sure would like it to be me, you know? So, <laughs> yeah. uh, and that's, that's basically what happened. It was, it was a great weekend and a, and a really awesome win for the team, especially with Ryan, you know, having, having, uh, that wreck, uh, I think uh, it it really meant a lot, and it, well, it does mean a lot to to the whole team, all of us. I'm just just beside myself, and absolutely, you know, just super thankful that I even got the chance to to be a part of something like that. Yeah, definitely. I and you mentioned that you know Stu he rolled around on and passed you on the outside, uh, like mm-hmm. on the first lap, but you you kept on the bottom. It kept working and working and working, and when you finally got around him, uh, I think with like two laps to go, you there was a caution. What was going through your mind right there? Oh, man. You know, we, we come up the front stretch there. I see the white flag, and I'm thinking, you know, thank goodness. I, I cannot wait for this race to be over, you know. <laughs> and uh, all of a sudden, there's the yellow. And I'm thinking, oh, my gosh, you got to be kidding me. I just lost the race, you know. If if I was holding off student, if I was doing decent enough, uh, you know, the guy's going to figure something out. I mean, he's he's really stinking good. And same thing with, you know, Cranston and uh Blurton, all those guys uh i was i was extremely worried <laughs> that's probably the, the most nervous i've ever been i think um but uh you know i thought well i'm just gonna give this a shot again and uh hopefully it works out i'm gonna i'm gonna stay on the bottom and uh you know just just take take what comes i guess you know if if, if i win that's great i'm not even gonna think about that but i mean that'd be good but, you know, second's good, third's good. I'd be happy. You know, I'm, I'm just happy that we're here, you know. And uh, and actually coming 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 to the green flag there, the car kind of stumbled a little bit, and I thought, oh, dang it, that was it. Uh, but uh, uh, going into one there, I, I still had the lead, and I'm not sure exactly how close Stu was, but I, I heard him. I mean, he had to have been right up on me. I uh, heard him going down the back stretch and, and uh, finally saw the white flag. And before you know it, I uh, just tried making that one as smooth as possible, staying on the bottom. And uh, before you know it, we come up to the front stretch, and sure enough, there's a checkered flag. And, uh, it was just, uh, you know, just crazy seeing seeing that the checkered flag was actually waving with nobody in front of me. <laughs> so uh, it was just unbelievable, really, you know. It was, it was, it was awesome. <laughs> well, that's fantastic. And, you know, sometimes, uh, what do they say, you know, Better be lucky than good, so, you know. Oh, absolutely, any day. And, and like I said, uh, this whole the whole event there on, on Sunday was really uh, really tailored to us. You know, I mean, I, I think, uh, you know, there were quite a few guys that had a faster car than we did, but, man, getting lucky, you know, making a fast enough lap there in hot laps um, and uh, doing decent enough in the heat race there and, uh 
sure enough, that, that like I said, the ace is what really sealed the deal, starting on the pole there. Um, and you know, I mean, with the track running running on the dirt track there in, in the middle of in the middle of the day with the sun beating down on it and a little windy, you know, it's gonna it's either gonna get dry slick or it's gonna take rubber. And uh, sure enough, you know, it did a little bit of both, had rubber on the bottom and uh, dry slick everywhere else, really. So uh, that was really really good for us. I mean, uh, it really worked out. Yeah, you mentioned earlier that you jumped in the car because of Ryan's accident. Uh, first of all, how's he doing? Is he is he on the mend? Is he getting better? Or? I don't think he's had any pain meds for a couple of days now. I don't, I'm not sure the adrenaline's wore off yet. <laughs> but uh, he's he's doing pretty good, man. He's a uh, he's one heck of a tough guy. Uh, like I said, he took that tumble there in Callahan and uh, ended up hitting the top of the fence right with the bottom of the car, Ooh. and the rear end got shoved up in there and. Uh, basically broke his back he broke i think three vertebrae uh so i mean it was a nasty wreck but uh man he's a tough dude and uh you know he's got he's got the, the disease for racing you know the, the love for racing he he can't get enough of it and uh and he's doing what he can with the car you know and obviously he's not trying to kind of kill himself or nothing like that trying to stress himself out or trying to uh you know do any, any heavy lifting or anything like that but uh you know he's he's still uh He's still around it and and trying to do what he can for sure, and uh, he's he's feeling pretty good. He, he's doing all right. Yeah, that's good to hear. I see I've seen Ryan race a couple of times. He's only been in the midgets. Uh, I've seen him at Belleville, then I seen him at Fairbury. I actually have I'm a, I'm a photographer, and I actually have an awesome photo of uh, Ryan at, at Fairbury uh, with the wheels. See, I awesome. mean he, he's on the he's on the back bars. Wheels are up in the in the sky. It, it's it's one of my favorite photos I've took took that season. Um, are you going to be in the car? Are you going to race this car anymore? Or uh, kind of what's the plan going on from here on out? I mean, adding that $7,000 to the budget is uh, probably a good good deal for, uh, for a team like you guys. Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's an awesome driver. He's, I mean, like I said, a super cool dude. Um, but uh, as far as for him right now, I mean, you know, he's still uh, in the recovery stages, of course, and he wants to take some more time off, you know, to heal and whatnot. I'm sure he's going to hop back in the car here eventually because uh, he can't get enough of it. But uh, as far as uh, plans for me, you know, I've been talking with Ryan a little bit about uh, finishing up the year with uh, the Rocky Mountain Midgets. Uh, there's a there's a, a two-day show in uh, Rock Springs, Wyoming. I think we're going to go ahead and hit that one up. And uh, I want to say there's one in Fort Morgan and, and there there might be one at Callahan. I'd, I'd have to look at the schedule to be honest with you, but but he said he'd really like to finish out the season uh, with the midgets there. And uh, I, I, we were kind of talking about next year a little bit, you know, and kind of figuring out what, uh, what he wants to do, what I want to do, that kind of stuff. And, and uh, I, I sure hope that I'd be able to, uh, you know, drive his midget or, or a sprint car again uh, for him next year. Uh, he definitely wants to go back to the nationals there at Belleville. I'm a sprint car for sure. Um, and uh, probably hit a, a couple major races with him uh, during the year at least. So uh, it's 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 looking like it's uh, going to be a, a fun rest of the season, and uh, I, I imagine a fun season next year as well. Any chance uh, we could see you out here at uh, Eagle for the 305 Super Nationals? Oh, man, I, I'd love to. I'd love to for sure. Uh, I... Uh, I don't know as of yet, honestly, but, uh, well, heck, if there's somebody out there that wants to give me a ride, I, I sure as heck wouldn't turn it down. That's for sure. Um, uh, but man, that, that's another, uh, awesome place. And, uh, 
a real hard place to get around to. I mean, uh, you know, <laughs> if you go to the Eagle, I mean, you really got to be elbows up and you got to have your stuff together. You know, uh, it's, uh, been there a couple times and <laughs> been horrible both times actually. <laughs> uh, so I'd, I'd really like to go back and try to, you know, uh, try to figure that place out. Yeah, definitely. Well, uh, congratulations on the win. Thanks for jumping on with us. Uh, we hope continued success, uh, wherever you may run with the rest of the year. And, uh, Congratulations again. Oh, thanks, man. And uh, just real quick, if you don't mind, uh, I'd love to give a shout out to to Ryan and oh, yeah, definitely. for Please. for, uh, for putting me in the car. And then uh, actually a couple of sponsors too, if you, if you don't mind. Yep, I've got go my for little it. feet here. So I'd hate to miss anybody. Uh, but uh, like I said, uh, you know, Ryan and Karen, they've been great to me. Obviously, my wife and my daughter, Henley, uh, mom, dad. Uh, Ryan Boyer, he, he actually lettered the car. That's the only car Ryan's ever had lettered. And uh, Ryan Boyer there, uh, Wicked by Design Graphics in, in uh, Belleville, he did it. And uh, uh, Little Tapper Man Service, Jason there in Salina, uh, Recovery Towing, uh, Short Stop Burgers there in Colorado Springs, uh, Tomlinson Construction, uh, French Racing there in Belleville, Bo Reddy, Zach Middleton, uh, Lonnie and Lori Cox. They've all, they've all been great to me. And I, I really wanted to give all those guys a shout out, and, and uh, especially with uh, Pat Bork and, uh, also, uh, our buddy Don Holbrook. Uh, I sure as heck hope I don't miss anybody, <laughs> but, uh, and everybody who, uh, who helped out on the team. I, I, I'm just beside myself. I can't believe I had the opportunity to be a part of something like that. So I really appreciate everybody's hard work. Yeah, definitely. Definitely takes a, uh, a, a village to, you know, get these cars around the racetrack. So. Oh, for sure. Yeah. So sure. yeah. Congratulations on the win. Thanks for jumping on with us. And, uh, hopefully we'll talk to you again after a big one. Yeah, absolutely. I appreciate you guys giving me the call and, uh, I sure, uh, sure hope we get to chat in the future. All right. Thanks a lot. Have a good thank one, you, Adam. Adam. You too. Bye-bye guys. All right, thank you. What a fantastic story that is. Yeah, I mean, definitely. My goodness. We're hearing about two just incredible, you know, bits of luck here and, and you know what, like, I guess like what Adam Gulliam was saying earlier, you know, when the, when the sun shines on you, it shines on you and, uh, just what a, you know, humble, just, you know, go out there trying to have fun and, oh my God, <laughs> we won the thing. So yes, definitely. That's a, that's a fantastic story. And I, and congratulations to Adam. I, I hope that they can make it out here to Eagle and, and kind of bring a little bit of that, uh, bring a little of that star power now, you know, three and, and the Belleville 305 nationals are, are getting to be a big race. And, uh, I'm glad to see that here too. It's, it's great for that. It's great for a historic venue like Belleville. And so congratulations to everybody. And, you know, it's, again, spoiled with riches around here. Yes, we are. And speaking of uh, being spoiled, we're going to spoil you guys with another guest. So uh, we're going to get Jack Cook on the phone, uh, talk about the Precision Race Products Dino, and kind of kind of bullshit in general with Chad. Be there for three straight nights of wheel-to-wheel sprint car racing at Knoxville Raceway. Thursday, August 6th through Saturday, August 8th. It's the 30th annual My Place Hotels 360 Knoxville Nationals presented by Great Southern Bank. Watch your favorite drivers fight to be crowned 360 Knoxville Nationals champion. Knoxville Raceway is following all local and state guidelines so you can experience all the action and fun at the track safely. Only 7,000 fans allowed per night, so get your tickets now at KnoxvilleRaceway.com. All right, welcome back, everybody. We are joined by Chad Cook, the owner of Precision Race Products Dino and the driver of the 22, 22K 305 Sprint Car at Eagle Raceway. Chad, how are you doing, man? Oh, pretty good. I'd be really good if I was the owner. I'm just the pissant worker that <laughs> is the, the knowledge behind it, I guess. 
Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm pretty good. Uh, still kind of sore, uh, from the last flip. I've got to go get that looked at again, but other than that, pretty good, man. Yeah. You definitely took a tumble there a couple of weeks ago at Eagle. I'm glad you're, you're doing okay. Uh, your, uh, girlfriend, Sydney was keeping everybody up to date on, uh, what was going on with you. So, uh, like I said, glad you, glad you're doing okay, man. Yeah, it was, uh, it's kind of scary there for a second. I got out of the car and I was having a hard time breathing it, knocked the wind out of me pretty good. But yeah, she was the one that was kind of like, Hey, you know, you need to go get this looked at because I had ended up losing a feeling in my legs for about 30 minutes or so. And it wasn't, wasn't real cool. And, uh, kind of panicked for, for a bit. And, you know, we decided it was, she decided it was best to go to the, to the hospital and go get some x-rays done. And I'm, I'm glad we did. I mean, you know, I've got a, got a little boy on the way and it was, uh, you know, out of, almost an out of body experience thinking about not being able to have a normal life with my son, you know, and it was like, wow, okay. Is it worth it? You know? And, I don't know. It's uh, it's it's life changing. Let's put it that way. Yeah, for sure. Like I said, uh, hopefully everything's checking out okay. I uh, we were definitely thinking about you. Um, so yeah, uh, kind of kind of talk about you know a little little brighter subject here. Talk about this dyno you got going on. I mean, I've seen I've seen you working your magic on these race cars. Um, you did some stuff with Adam and shit. He parked in Victory Lane last week. Yeah, um, I don't know if it's magic. It, uh, I just. I've been around it, you know, my father was a, uh, and still is a, a great engine builder and a great engine tuner. I mean, we, we, uh, we don't have a normal conversation like father and son have. We have a, you know, tuning conversation between each other and sometimes we butt heads. Um, but yeah, you know, he taught me a lot down in Texas and, uh, you know, being up here, Monty decided, Hey, it was a good idea to put in a chassis dyno and, and design a, a starter for it. And, um, that way we could get a sprint car on it and not have to, you know, jerry rig it onto the, the chassis dyno itself. And it was a lot safer. And, you know, the deal is, is the chassis dyno will end up paying for itself. Like if a customer comes in and and is like, Hey, I'm struggling. I can't, it's, it's doing, uh, you know, let's just say it's, it's running really hot and you're going to end up blowing a motor because you're too lean or, you know, anything along those lines, it ends up paying for itself um, between the tire wear, the pit passes, the fuel consumption. I mean, at the end of the day, uh, uh, one of the guys said, it. you know, if you're not on a chassis dyno, especially with the 305s, you know, you're, you're losing out. And, uh, you know, I think we've, we've kind of turned some heads with, with some of the customers that have come in, you know, Adam picking up the W the other night and Ryan King being just, you know, salty as, as ever, um, especially in the heat races, um, you know, Doug Lovegrove picking up a, picking up a win. Um, hell, even the, the B mod stuff, uh, Derek Hall, you know, he, he, uh, he came in and he yeah, has a crate motor, but there's still stuff you can find on a crate motor. I mean, an engine is an engine and they, they all have different characteristics and you've got to learn what those characteristics are and you've got to just, continue to uh to to learn about each one and and figure out what what is best for each one and that's something i really strive to do is is learn as much as i can 
you know, I feel like I learn every time I get on the dyno with someone. So it's pretty cool. I, I enjoy it. So, so you mentioned uh, the B mod. So this thing is just not for sprint cars. I, I'm, no. a, I'm an idiot when it yeah. comes to this stuff. So no, you're you're good. It's a no. It's just a it's just a, a drum in the ground that is me- that measures uh, speed and acceleration and force, and that's how it picks up the horsepower and torque numbers. Um, well, we also have you know air fuel ratio to see you know if you're getting too much fuel, if you've got too much air. Um, and then we can read fuel pressure and make sure all that's, you know, especially on the sprint car stuff, you, you can find a bad fuel pump, fuel pump pretty quick if you're, uh, reading fuel pressure and then it, you know, it helps you reading your, your bypasses, like your high speed and it'll show your secondary if it's, you know, bleeding by. And I mean, just stuff like that, that is just so beneficial that people are missing out on because they're not getting on the chassis dyno and they just keep saying you know oh, i'll figure it out this week or i'll figure it out you know four weeks later they might figure it out but you done wasted four weeks so but yeah the 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 dyno i mean i've had a micro on it um carbureted micro and we we fixed him up pretty good i think he went from like 15th or 14th to fourth his first night back after being on the dyno and um you know, I've had some streetcar guys ask me about it. I'm, I don't really want to step on any toes. I know Chad Fagley's really good at what he does. Um, I'm more of a uh, mechanical fuel injection carburetor guy. Uh, the EFI stuff, I know enough to get in a lot of trouble. <laughs> <laughs> so let's just put it that way. That, that uh, is its own beast. I can yeah, tell you, you know, I'm... I'm not going to say I'm computer illiterate, but Sydney would completely disagree. (laughs) (laughs) Um, You know, she's usually with me whenever we do a dyno and she's usually the one typing up the, uh, the fuel sheets for the customers. So, I mean, it's, it's kind of a, there's about three people in there helping, you know, and you don't, you don't see that and, you know, stuff like that helps and goes a long way. So, um, and that's the main deal. We use the dyno as a tool. I don't, I tell people every time they get on it, we don't race dyno numbers. I don't care if it makes 30 less than the hardest hitting 305 or 30 less than the hardest hitting 360 or B mod, as long as it races good. And we have, if we have a um, calculation in there to see how it's going to race. And it's actually mile per hour over time. And, it'll factor in that. And so, I mean, if we, if we make a header change on a sprint car or on a modified or on a B mod and it, and it picks up five tenths of a second, you know, obviously you're going to get off the corner to the flag stand. Yeah. And half a second. That's, that's, that's big. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that was one thing me and Lovegrove worked on uh, the last time he was at the dyno. Um, You know, we had a different set of headers on it and I said, Hey, you know, try these. And it picked it up, I think, eight-tenths of a second. And he was like, you know, that obviously that's the way we need to go, but it lost, you know, 10 horsepower. So at the end of the day, you know, are you are you searching for big numbers or you want to have a race car? You know, that'll race good. So You know, I uh, it's funny you mention that kind of stuff because I was reading some uh, material, kind of people were getting into horsepower numbers, 305s and setups, and I was doing a little research. And, you know, it, I read, I have, I'm trying to find the source, but they talked about 
once this was kind of in the early stage, especially the race savers, 305s have really started to pick up. They said once they put on a chassis dyno, they realized all the things they were doing with setup, with, you know, how you drive it totally changed because nobody had ever really measured exactly what was happening with that motor. And it just totally, you know, it, it kind of changed the game. And I think once, you know, people actually started measuring the car, they were actually, you know, and it just said now, you know, it, and like you said, you know, you may drop horsepower, but it affects other things when you race and obviously the setups you make, things like that. So it's an incredible tool and it's, and we're pretty fortunate around here to have something like that. Yeah. It's, uh, you know, to me looking at it, um, whenever I'm dynoing someone, I look at the overall torque curve and the overall horsepower curve. I mean, yeah, you can eat what, what I call dyno queens. Uh, they go out and they, they put out a big number, you know, it makes a big peak number. It's what we call it. And at the end of the day, that doesn't typically race good. Um, what I look for is what it does from 3000 RPM to about 5,000 because the 305 deal is just, as soon as you whack the throttle, you've got to go. I mean, you can't give up anything on the start. And as tough as Eagle is on a weekly show, you better be on your game. Uh, so, and that was one thing we did find on, on Adams was uh, the torque number from 3,000 to 5,000 from his headers that he had originally on the car to what he left with. It uh, was a lot, a lot more uh, racier with what he left with compared to what he came in with. And, you know, the aspect of the 360s versus the 305, you know, you're looking at about, I don't know, 100 and 150 horsepower difference to the wheels, depending on whose stuff it is. So that's my Ford Fusion right there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so... You're, what you're looking at there is how tight you can get the car and you and also the driving style i mean you've got guys like me and some other guys that like to go in and back the car in real hard but it, it really kills the momentum of the car you know guys like carney and Dubak and uh Drukey, they you know and, and adam he's good about it too they they all keep the car fairly straight getting in the corner and uh where whereas i i, I like to back the car in and make stellar photos and that's about it you know um but also I've, i grew up on bull rings and not big racetracks and you can get away with that on a smaller track um and but the 305 deal that doesn't have enough torque to actually pull it out of that so versus the 360s where you actually have to go in and either shake the car loose or back it in real hard and it'll pull itself out and uh kind of saw that this weekend up in Norfolk um, with the 360s. I went up and helped Monty up there. It was it was uh, kind of funny after hot laps. I told him, hey, you can drive this thing like a 360 now. And he was, we kind of laughed about it because he, he was trying to keep the car as straight as possible, which is fine. But at the end of the day, you, you can kind of get away with a little bit more with the 360 because of the power and the torque numbers. And, and it's, uh, it's almost easier to drive a 360 than it is a 305. Yeah, we've heard we've heard drivers, you know, even talking about that tonight. We had Adam Billion on earlier, and you know, he's talking about just kind of you, you can pull yourself out of trouble a little easier with the three sixty, and so. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, they, uh, I actually had a three sixty on the dyno tonight. Um, 
Jet Carney from El Paso, Texas, came up. Uh, he ran Belleville with 305, and then uh, they're going up to Knoxville Nationals with 360. So they, uh, we actually picked them up. Uh, oh, I think we picked them up right about the same on time from uh, 25 mile an hour to 152 mile an hour. Um, it was about the same, but the first pull versus the last pull, the first pull, it was 25 mile an hour to 144. That's all it would go. The last pull, it went 152 mile an hour and it was about the same time. Wow. So, I mean, we, we gained, you know, eight, eight mile an hour and we gained him 32 horsepower and uh, about 15 foot pounds of torque and we didn't change headers that was just a main pill change the the high speed was on the money uh we we messed with the barrel valve a little bit uh john carney's dad was actually there tonight and he was he's kind of the the i guess you'd call the head crew chief of 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 that operation for right now and we we bounced some ideas off of each other and they were really excited they they were they felt like their their money was well spent tonight and that's that's the main goal. You don't want a customer leaving mad and upset, but it happens, you know. And um, especially in in the racing world, I mean, uh, it's it's a t- it's tough. And uh, but I was excited to see, you know, just making a main pill change, pick up thirty two horsepower, and get him a little bit more competitive. So, and you've got to be on your game going to Knoxville for the three sixty nationals for sure. Yeah, definitely. I mean, this I. I... You know, like I said earlier, I'm an idiot when it comes to all this stuff. But I mean, this is an awesome tool that we have here locally for all our all all of our racers. And you know, like I said, you're you're a magician. <laughs> <laughs> you know, as uh, Adam told me the other night, he's like that. That looks like you know hieroglyphics or you know Greek mythology, whatever he called it to me. And you just read it like it's second nature. So well, you know, I've been around it. You know, it's 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 something I enjoy and it's something that I've been around and I know what I'm looking at and I know what I want the car to sound like. I know what I want it to feel like. Cause I, I usually get in the car, the last pull, um, and jump on the throttle to make sure I don't feel anything. You know, if it's got a little hesitation here or there and, uh, you know, tonight, like I said, I, I jumped in it and it took off and I looked at him and, told him i said this, this that's as good as i can get it i mean there's times that you say i don't know what else you want me to do i mean it's it's basically a a, a very effective air pump and air in air out so i mean if you keep it simple and just read your graphs the right way i mean it's, it's I, I don't know i guess i guess i just kind of look at it as oh well it's just something that i do you know there's and definitely an art to it for sure. I, I definitely enjoy it. I mean, whenever Monty came up to me with the idea, I thought, yeah, that, that'd be great here, especially, you know, come closer to race saver nationals time. I think we'll probably be pretty busy. I know I've already had a couple of people reach out, you know, trying to get on the schedule for prior to that. And that are, you know, from Texas that want to get on the dyno and want me to tune their stuff, which is, makes makes me happy makes me feel like i know what i'm doing so i'm i'm pretty stoked about it for sure yeah definitely before we let you go there's there's two things i want to ask you one of them i've seen the story here and there on facebook but i want to hear about your williams grove trip oh gosh 
<laughs> oh man, that was oh 2016. Yeah, um, that was the first year in the 305 class. We'd been running the two barrel 360 stuff around Oklahoma, um, which is essentially just a injected 360 motor with a carburetor, a two barrel carburetor. Is that is that the kind of the kind of the same deal they run at uh, like Devil's Bowl with the the carburetor? They used to, yeah. yes. They okay. used to back back in the early 2000s because it was a Lanny Edwards owned track and Lanny owned the State Fair in Oklahoma City, Lawton Speedway in Lawton, Oklahoma, and Devil's Bowl down in Mesquite, Texas. And Lanny kind of made everyone get on an island and just run his tracks. But anyway, <laughs> yeah, that was that's a whole different <laughs> yeah. that's a whole different story there. Um, but yeah, so we. Uh, we decided to go 305 racing and we got, I got the wild idea. Hey, let's, you know, there's a 305 series that runs in Pennsylvania and they're going to be at Williams Grove on a Friday night during the Mitch Smith Memorial, which is during the 410 speed week of, in Pennsylvania. And I've always, I've always liked the posse. I've, I've always was always a Greg Hodnett fan and he's, uh, Unfortunately, I didn't get to meet him before he passed away. I ran down to his trailer, and he was already leaving, so I didn't want to bother him because he ran second that night to Dietrich on the last lap, and I know how that is. Um, Fuck Dietrich. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he's a very outspoken individual, yes, to say the least. But, uh, yeah, so we, we left Wichita Falls, Texas, and decided to go to Williams Grove. We got to... Uh, I don't know. We got to somewhere in Missouri and stayed the night or something. And then we made it from Missouri to Zanesville, Ohio, which is kind of the, it's a three hour drive from Zanesville, Ohio to Mechanicsburg and a three hour drive from there to Bloomington because Bloomington was running a 305 show that same night. And Williams Grove looked like it was going to get rained out. And I was just like, man, that'd be about my luck, you know, roll in the pits, get to like pack the track. And then it just, you know, bottom falls out of the sky and it freaking rains and that would suck but no we got to go up there and uh ran good in hot laps went from like they made me start on the donkey uh in the heat race i think started like 12 i think we had 38 cars there that night Jeez. or so and uh there was twelve thousand people in attendance it was uh man it was so cool uh and uh ran up from 12th to like 6th or 7th and it was only top 3 transfer so <laughs> I had to go run the B and they stuck me on the back of the B <laughs> I was like man this sucks so I started 12th in the B and ran up to 2nd uh, in the B and made the A and then I had a camshaft go flat on me for the before the A I went out for the pace lap and it started missing real bad and I had to pull in and uh, it was pretty cool, though. The, the Beer Hill Gang guys all were on the phone. They found me a motor. They wanted me to go run Lincoln the next night. And <laughs> me and Dad were totally down for it. And uh, Mom kind of was like, you know, that was a 23-hour drive, so we uh, we better we better just go home. And we ended up going home. But, you know, getting to go under the bridge – you know, just hauling ass, taking a set on the left rear down the straightaway. I mean, it's it's cool, even in a three hundred five. Yeah, it's, definitely. It's pretty cool, and uh, I 
if I would have had t-shirts, I would have sold out that night. I mean, I had people coming up just, you know, asking for this or asking for that, thinking it was cool as hell that I was up there because I came from Texas just to run a 305. But I mean, it was, it's a cool, cool atmosphere, you know, and you don't see that down in Texas. It's kind of like up here, you know, you don't see the, the support that Nebraska gives its dirt tracks. I mean, now, this weekend we went to Norfolk for just a 360 show. No big names, standing room only. They ran out of food at the concession stand. They ran out of drinks. I mean, it was insane. I mean, there was like 1,500 people there, and I was like, "This is, this is why I left Texas." You don't get this, you know. You don't, you don't have this kind of support. And to me, it's it's very very cool. You know, you go to Eagle on a weekly show and. You know, they're like, oh, attendance is down. We only had 2,000 people in the crowd. Oh, well, we were lucky to get 500, you know. So, yeah, that was uh, that was kind of the gist of the, the Williams Grove trip. It was, it, was, it was worth it, definitely worth it. Made some cool connections up there. Got a, got a sponsor out of it. He still sponsors me today. Um, Main Street Muzzle Loaders. He builds old-timey muzzles and does that as, you know, because he's retired and that's all he does now is build really cool rifles. So it's know. always cool to have, you know, I think every race team has got to have one, one story like that. They just go out and just make that trip out into somewhere they've never been before. And sometimes they oh, win, yeah. sometimes they lose. And, but I think, I think every race team has got to have that kind of story. Oh yeah, for sure. I mean, that's what makes it, you know, that was kind of the whole reason of going through a five racing. You know, we felt like we were locked down to just one track with the with the two barrel. And I was actually picking up a lot of bad habits with that small wing. You know, we run a five by three wing and it was almost like a non wing car, so you actually had to go in, back the car in, shake it loose, whatever versus the three oh five where you have to, you know, just really just keep it straight and keep the momentum up as best you can. So Yeah, definitely. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it sounded like a hell of an experience. I, I went there uh, two, three years ago, and I can definitely, you know, I wasn't, obviously, I wasn't in the driver's seat, but you, you talk about going under that bridge and whatnot. I had the opportunity to stand on the bridge uh, for the four wife with the outlaws, and when they did their buzz laps, I swear you can feel that bridge move up two inches just from the oh, force yeah. off the wings. It was it was incredible, so. Yep, yep. Um, before we let you go, uh Kind of where can everybody find out more about your dyno and, uh, you know, get on, get on the waiting list to get, uh, get, get their shit checked out. Uh, go to, uh, right now we just have a Facebook page. It's uh precision race products, chassis dyno. Um, just get on there. You can actually book an appointment on there. Um, I think it's got my number on there. Uh, you can shoot me a text, call me if I don't answer because I'm working a normal job like everyone else in the world and uh if i don't answer just uh leave me a voicemail and i'll uh, get back to you and see what i can do awesome sounds good well thanks for jumping on i i think this dino's awesome and you know you give everybody around here a chance to you know tweak their stuff and like you said you know you're not wasting four weeks doing it so yeah absolutely it was uh i, I think once uh people start realizing that you know instead of spending money on tires and fuel and pit passes and just sit out a week and get your stuff right. It's a, it's a lot more fun, you know? So for sure. Well, absolutely. Well, Chad, thank you very much. Um, 
you, are we going to see you back in a race car this year? I don't know if it's going to be this year. Yeah. I've kind of just been looking at it. I mean, the motor's maintenance and pretty much ready to go. I've got it for sale, but I had a few people, and you know, holler at me about it. But uh, the car, I mean, it's kind of just tough right now. I've got a kid on the way. Mm-hmm. It's kind of hard to want to spend money on on race car parts when I need Absolutely. to be spending money on other things. I've got different priorities now. I really enjoy tuning and, and I enjoy, you know, being around engines. I'm just a gearhead. So, you know, it is what it is. And, you know, just kind of take it one day at a time. And I might be in one, who knows? Uh, you never know with me. I might get a wild hair and say, all right, I'm going to put a car together. <laughs> you know, so there's no telling. Well, either in the car or out of the car, we hope to see you at the track here soon. And, uh, yeah, thanks for jumping on with us. Well, thanks for having me, guys. I appreciate it. All right. That was Chad Cook talking about the dyno. I mean, that's a great tool to have here in Lincoln. You know, and it's great to hear about the support that, that and, you know, we've, I've said tonight, I've said over and over the, the incredible amount of, um, you know, history with racing in Nebraska, sprint car racing in Nebraska, obviously. Those who know history have known, you know, some great, great, great names. Uh, Hall of Famers have, have either come from, spent time in, been involved with somebody from uh, in Nebraska. And, and the Nebraska sprint car history is just something that's, uh, I think it's, you know, right up there with anything that, you know, we've seen from Iowa, Pennsylvania. It's It's got its own history. It's got its own foundation. And uh, really proud to have that have that around here yeah definitely uh with that being said we are going to wrap up this extra long edition of quick time i'm not going to bother you with the rundown of the race recaps we all are know, already know kyle larson kicked everybody's ass so up until houston's got him yeah that's for sure but <laughs> hey thanks for jumping on with us uh hope you stuck around to the end if not you're missing out and we will catch you on the flip side